Thank you for your singing this morning, those who helped us sing. Uh, The most important aspect of music for the church is the congregational singing. So you singing from your heart what God has been doing in your life all week. You know, corporate worship, when we come together, is only done well, and I use that word in quotation marks, when we have been privately worshiping God through our devotions all the week. And so as we come together, we join together with voices, with hearts who have been worshiping God, and that pleases God. See, all what we do here is not for us, it is for God. It's all for Him. This morning, I'm going to depart from 1 John just a bit. You probably could tell that by the, uh, the, the selection of the, the background. Um, but would you turn to Acts 1.8? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And so, as I often do throughout the year, mid-year, this is a little past mid-year, just to remind us of what we are about and our theme for the year and to remind you who and what God has done for us and how we interact with the gospel and the work there. This is a familiar passage if you've been reading in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. This is Luke, the doctor, writing the details of what's going on. He starts right before Christ is, is returned, uh, ascends to, to heaven. And the disciples come and ask him, so, so you know, you've, you've been raised from the dead, you're back here, you're with us. And they ask him questions like, so, you know, when's your kingdom coming? So when do you establish all of the kingdom? And he tells them, it is not for you to know the times and, uh, and when the epoch, the seasons of what God is doing. However, he goes in verse 8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. And here Jesus sets out, as also is recorded in Matthew's gospel in chapter 28, the mission for the church. And from this, shall we say, a humble beginning of these disciples The work of Christ spreads across the world. But if you notice here, there's a certain few important components in this. He talks about this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. In ten short days from this time, the Holy Spirit, as Christ had promised, and John as he spoke to the disciples, the Holy Spirit came, and the Holy Spirit power came upon them, and just as it had been promised for the task. Now, we on this side of the cross, and we as believers now, after the Holy Spirit came that first time at Pentecost, we receive the Spirit of God when we receive Christ as our Savior. That promised Spirit is now ours and for the task. Yes, the Holy Spirit is for for comfort and for guidance, but the Holy Spirit's power is for the power of the mission of of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit we have. Uh, Paul writes in, later in, in Colossians, he says, We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which, is mightily, which mightily works within me. God the Son sent God the Holy Spirit and the power of the Spirit power of Jesus also works mightily. But he also uses this word witnesses. 
Now, a witness is someone who has seen something, we understand this, or experienced an event, and then reports what has happened. And that's the key phrase here. He says, you shall be my witnesses, not only, yep, I saw it, but the reporting of it. And they were to go about and report what they had seen and who Christ was. But where? And it's interesting, you've, I'm sure, heard messages in the past, if you've been around uh, Christianity at some point, where is it they were sent? Well, they were sent to their locale, Jerusalem. They were sent to that area. They were sent regionally, Judea. Um, the next phrase there, Samaria, is actual regional, but it also denotes that uh, bit of outsideness. Uh, the Samarians were those who were kind of outcasts from the Jewish race. They were not part of what a Jewish person would consider good company. But Jesus said, I'm sending you to not only Judea, but Samaria, to those people. He's opening up the world to his good news. And then, finally, to the outer regions, the uttermost part of the earth, all of this area around. And so they have been sent there for this purpose. And it's interesting that here that, that he just doesn't say just one area. And sometimes it's too easy to focus, well, local or, well, focus across the sea. But all of this is part of our ministry as believers. And we have incorporated this idea, what we say, the, the Great Commission in Matthew 28, into our, uh, we'll say, our motto or our mission. And this year we added, to, uh, we added a word there. We said, reaching souls and building lives together in love. The, the new word was the biggest one this year was together. So we could remember it, you know. So every time we saw this, and it is my desire that if someone were to, to if you're a regular tender and a, and a member of GBF, that if someone to ring your, your phone rudely in the middle, middle of the night and ask you what's the mission of GBF, that you could, in a, the days of sleepiness, be able to say, reaching souls and building lives together in love. That is what we're about. We're not about... Uh, having the most palatial place to meet. We're not about um, really being nice to each other. That's part of it. But this idea of reaching souls. See, the, the going, the reaching, the part of the dual track of the Great Commission, we go and tell and give the gospel, but also the building of lives, both within the body of Christ here and those who come to Christ to, to instruct them in what Jesus has given us through his word. So that's the dual, dual process. And the and they're both equally important. These are both equally important, the reaching and the discipling. And Matthew 28 says, go and make disciples. There was the going aspect of you've got to go and tell them, but also the discipling aspect of this. And so this is what we have done and <clears throat> incorporated into GBF. And so as we think of this, we have thought how we have in the past reached out. And we have provided some corporate, and I use the word corporate, meaning congregational, the body of Christ here. We've used some corporate um, things to, to reach out to the, to the local area. So we've had, and we will have this fall, we'll have the Family Fun Fest, which comes up on the 17th of September. And that will lead into our October series, which I've entitled Questions. And these, this is going to be really a 21st century apologetic. Uh, this is designed for those who who are exploring and do not know Christ, and also designed for us as we listen to it to, to get some help and understanding on how to, to give the gospel. Uh, but our Family Fun Fest, uh, how many have not been a part of a Family Fun Fest before? Will you raise your hand? Yeah? Okay, well, I'm glad you're here because I'm going to show you. 
Yeah, I'm even going to play something for you. Number 12. Sorry. Two to four. Thanks to Will Meadows for producing that for us. So we have, uh, and this will be out going off Facebook ads, there'll be some um, um, different things going out this, in the community uh, to let people know about that. And then uh, the, the Sunday before signs go out, about 30 to 35, I can't remember, Marty, how many signs we go out and put signs up, and that really has been traditionally uh, a good way to, to get people. We also send out... Um, little cards that go in the Friday folders or the Tuesday folders whenever the, the teachers send it home in several public schools around the area. So really to reach, this is, not a, um, this is not something for your other church friends who don't go here. So don't invite them, okay? If, we, if they look like they've, they've been to church, we're going to kick them out. No, uh, just kidding. But yeah, that's, you know, don't, this is not, this is for the community. This is not for other churches to say, hey, it's a fun time to come. We love the other churches. It's just that it's not for them. Um, but with this, we have certain objectives. Um, the, um, kind of just so we re- remind ourselves of what's going on. We awareness. Obviously, we are here and we have signs out this location on Sunday only. And believe it or not, people have come because they've seen the signs on a Sunday, but they don't stay here the rest of the week. So awareness for GBF that we meet here. Uh, the second thing is to, to enable the opportunities for redemptive conversations. What's that? Well, let's say, hey, how are you? You, you find out what's going Do you go to church anywhere? No. Do you know anything? It's the open door for that. They know they're at a church function, so they expect that, or else they wouldn't come. They understand the church is sponsoring this for them. But it's an easy way to have um, redemptive conversations. To get a copy of God's Word, every family that comes, they register. You saw me giving away a free iPod. Do they still make iPods again anymore? We may have to do something else. Um, we're discontinuing some of those things. Uh, iPad? No, you can't register. Um, but everyone who comes gets a packet. And among other literature and things like that, they get a copy, a complete copy of God's Word to have in their home. Some do not have. Uh, we have both um, for English and Spanish. So bring your friends that, that way. And then we'll have the, the invite or the ask is to come to our, our October series. Many people who will come may know a little bit about God, maybe nothing about God. We'd love to answer the questions of who is God. You know, what, what, what about Jesus? Is there heaven and hell? You know, can we trust the Bible? Those questions that we'll be answering in this series is five Sundays in October. We'll take the opportunity to that. So that's the ask, and that's what we'll be doing, part of our purpose in all of this. Um, we've had a, a number, a, a crowd in different locations. So the first 
five years, I guess, we did it at Herklotz Park. I think the top number we had was about 1,500 people. Uh, last year, I think we had almost six or a little over 600 people at Trailblazer Park. That was our, our first time that we had it there. And so uh, I think name recognition and weekend recognition, those kind of things, that will start to, to grow also. So we'll plan for, I don't know, 800 or so, 850. First year we planned for 500. We had almost 1,000. We mistakenly decided to provide lunch for everybody. So um, there was a few guys who were in the cars just nonstop buying hot dogs. <clears throat> no, go buy some more. Drop them off. So that's part of what we're doing in, in, the, idea, in, this, um, in the Family Fun Fest. So as you think about that, invite people in your communities, your neighborhood to, to come out. We'd love to have them, have them there. It's a lot of fun. Um, in fact, the, uh, the aerial photograph was probably before we really got ramped up. It was at the early stages because once it got ramped up around 3, it was, um, it was pretty crowded. So that was kind of fun. Uh, the other thing that I want to tell you, we have some opportunities. Those two opportunities I want you to think about evangelistically, just the Family Fun Fest and the October series. Even if people don't come to the Family Fun Fest, you know some friends, hey, they're, they're curious about uh, what's going on with, with church. You know, and when you have questions, you, you see headlines like we've seen the last um, couple of weeks, months, years, and people wonder what's going on in the world. Who do I trust? You know, what, what is it about God, the God of the Bible, as opposed to a, a God of, of some other religion? And so this is a great time to, to open the door for them and to have those conversations. Um, a couple other opportunities for you so you'll know what's going. This will figure into our business meeting coming up. Uh, we have had the, um, the opportunity to meet here at the Younts in the Herring Center, and we really have appreciated this. Uh, we came in September of 2015. We had 60 days. We had 60 days from the sawmill to find another location. And uh, Tony was so gracious to us. Um, and so we have been there. And this spring, we added the Herring Center in the morning. And um, uh, that has been a great help because now we can open up the site and um, we can fit people in. And once everybody gets back in time for school, um, it will be a little more crowded. And so we have been using that. Did you know there are about between 80 and 90 children who are accessing our Grace Kids? 80 to 90 children are part of Grace Kids. Now, not everyone shows up every Sunday because, well, you're sick and things like that. And sometimes one takes the whole family out. Um, that's understandable. Don't bring your germs. No. Um, but there, there are 80 to 90 children who regularly attend the Grace Kids. And so what's interesting to see that our numbers, January through May, uh, in Grace Kids, and then you compare the numbers May through this far in August, we are averaging higher May through August during vacation season than we were January through May. Okay, so it's increasing. So our space is, is becoming um, a full. We have some more rooms down there. The other interesting thing to see is that for the same thing is happening in the evening. We have more kids returning in the evening. Part of it is Karis, and so younger brothers and sisters come. Part of it is Watson the Bible, and that's a great draw that we do. And so we are also averaging in the evening more children in the evening than we were in May through August than we were January through September, uh, January through May, which is, brings up another uh, need and opportunity for us. So Right now, when the weather is fine, Karis will meet outside. That's our teen group, okay? The teens will meet outside. However, 
that's not guaranteed. Pass another month or so. Um, we would love to give them a home for the afternoon uh, time and to really to expand and have more rooms and things open up. So we have talked with uh, Tony uh, about using the Herring Center both in the morning and the evening. So coming back from four to six and using it for that time. And that'll access them. It might offer actually some more room for what's in the Bible and kind of broaden some of the things and and make the classes a little more manageable that are being up here on this side. And so we were looking at that. And it's really neat to see how God goes before. Because I reached out to Tony and we scheduled lunch. And I don't know what he thought what I was going to ask him, but we got there and uh, I said, you know, is it a possibility for the afternoon. He said, funny, you should mention that because I just left a meeting that uh, we are now controlling the, the scheduling for um, the hearing, and we're also, so we have an opportunity to help them set their prices, which a little higher compared to, we, we get a lovely building like this for a, for a fee, and then we almost pay the same thing down there using four or five rooms. And so he is, um, he is working, negotiating all of this and working out with their leadership. It's separate from from this, from the Furman part of it, and to work this out for us. And so one of the things we're going to be presenting, and I'll get the final details this week um, for a vote for next Sunday's business meeting, uh, is, is this, that we can open and expand both morning and evening and really to better handle uh, the growth that God has given to us. Just praise God uh, for, for how he's, he's providing in that. So that's a, a, both a morning and the second thing is we're going to offer a year, ask for a year contract. We've been in like three months, four months, five months, and then you have that fear and trepidation. Okay, will we be able to have it, you know, um, during wedding season? And so the Lord has been really good to us, and we've had it. Uh, most of the weddings have been on Saturday, Fridays and Saturdays, and we've not really been bumped because of that. The times we were, we were already planning for it in May, so... That was fine. So pray about that, that um, as we negotiate, it'll come back great for both sides. Uh, We want it to be a win-win for us and for them. And so we do appreciate their, um, and really you see the staff, thank them. They've been so kind, uh, been so gracious and and so helpful. We've we've really enjoyed the the relationship that we've had with them. Uh, So morning, and this, the second thing I want to kind of throw out to you, and this is Again, along the themes of reaching souls and building lives and of, of evangelism, is that we have, um, we have longed uh, for a place to do ministry uh, during the week. Obviously, as I mentioned, we have, this, um, for, we have this for Sunday, and we don't have anything to come back and meet in small groups other than homes, and homes are great for small groups. But there are other things that we want to do, say like a financial piece, that we would be nice to have a location to do it in. And so, as, as God would have it, um, from two different sources, same organization, but two different sources, uh, both contacted Roy and then contacted Vicki uh, about an opportunity. There's a, a, a local foundation that bought a piece of property, and uh, they have, looking for the use of the property, how can they make it uh, useful? Uh, it is an old church building. The, the church itself, the auditorium, is, is too small for us to meet in. We'd be immediately doing double services, and um, I, I'd rather wait a, a year and a half at least if we go to a location before we did that. Uh, but there, um, as attached to the property is a, an office area, the, uh, an old home that they had used for offices. And um, 
So as we begin to discuss this and talk about this, um, they want to to have some of this renovated. The, the foundation wants it renovated, and they're willing that if if um, we renovate part of it, they're willing us uh, willing to to do uh, what they call rent abatement. So it's four hundred. 1,400 square feet, uh, we will renovate in exchange for rent abatement. Basically, that means um, we'll give them the retail value, which means as if we hired someone to do this, like we hired somebody to do everything for us, we just write, wrote the check, with their understanding that we're going to buy the supplies and that we are able to do the work ourselves. But they'll give us full retail value on that. So um, and in exchange for uh, the opportunities. And so we are, are working through the negotiations on that, and we should have something very soon on that. Uh, it is uh, very centrally located downtown. If you, um, uh, 385 and Lawrence Road. Can you see that? You know where Willie Taco is? Have you had tacos at Willie Tacos? There's a Sphinx across the street, and behind that is this. And so here's a satellite. Thank you for Google uh, Maps. Um, I circled in yellow just that one building. The rest of it's around, um, and the rest of it's in, in need of renovation also. But we have the access to that. There's plenty of parking around, um, and that was before Willie Taco was actually remodeled yet. There's grass in the parking lot. Um, and so there's every day, except for Monday, there's access to, to tacos uh, there. No, I'm not leaving Taco Casa. So. Uh, but occasionally, occasionally, you do go somewhere else. If you're visiting with us, that's just where I go. Uh, uh, so this is the opportunity. And so we will probably um, retail value about $25,000 worth of work. If you were to write a check for someone else to do it. We're estimating the uh, supplies are probably going to be in the neighborhood of around $10,000. Um, we're going to get a final number on that. We have about four dollars to $5,000 in an outreach budget that we can use already. So we'll just, um, from you, uh, ask for the additional money to, to finish that construction, the supplies part of it. And then we'll have a series of work days, and uh, you can, if you can swing a hammer, we'll move walls, open out, kind of chopped up in offices. We'll open up things so that we can seat a number of people. We'll leave two offices back um, for the area. They're giving us a good rate. We think um, we'll be able to, to be in this for a while with that rent abatement, no rent. Uh, we'll just put an alarm system there, and we'll put a lock on the door and, uh, that we have access to. And so this is an opportunity. Well, what could we do there? Oh, yes, objectives. Uh, we could do GBF Bible studies. That's kind of a given. We could do some outreach Bible studies where we have exploring Christianity, four weeks of going through the book of Mark. Uh, so what is Christianity all about? Uh, we could do those. We could do Financial Peace University. We could do grace groups and caris they could have there. We could have a training center. We could do teaching English as a second language. Or we could do a reading literacy. We could do a lot of different things there in that neighborhood. And again, it's one of those neighborhoods that has been, uh, that's in transition. Um, some of the areas just a block away is um, probably an area that you may not want to go, you know, past 7 or 8 o'clock. You go a couple blocks and you have areas that are beautiful condominiums. You have the Cleveland Park. You have the zoo. You're right there on it. And so as much of Greenville, it's, it's turning over. It's changing in that area. But this is an opportunity that we have to, to do a lot of things to minister uh, in the body of Christ. And so I want you to pray about that. I'll send you the details and email this week. 
And when I send that, if you have any questions, please email me and ask me. And uh, if I think it's something that many people are asking, I'll post that question and the answer for it. Uh, so please, if you have any questions at all. Um, and the question might be, and I think um, it's, it's, I think it's a valid question to ask. So um, why would we do that? We're, we're saving for a building. Um, you know, why would we invest the money in a, in a ministry center? And I think it's a value, very valid question. Two, two things. Number one, the mission is still ongoing. Whether we have a building or not is really, I want to say, close to irrelevant, okay? God will provide us a location. The mission keeps on going. As we've seen, the church over history has ministered the gospel, has, has sent the good news of Jesus Christ, and has gone with the good news of Christ regardless of a building. This is an opportunity to do so. The mission is still ongoing. And so we want to be busy with the mission that God has given to us. In fact, you, I almost think, you know, I wonder if God is giving this a test to say, hey, so if we do give you a space, what will you do with it? How will, you be, how will your muscles be trained already if I give you a place that's large enough for, to meet congregationally? Second thing is that God has blessed our giving. Um, we are our, you know how you budget, you project a giving level, and in the back of my mind, I, I'm like, oh, yeah. Sure, hope we meet that. I don't think we will. Just a project of how much will come in. We're 11% beyond that so far for this year. And our, our strongest months are in the fall. It really is. A lot of people who are uh, self-employed wait to the fall to see, you know, how much God has brought in and tithe off that. And so God has blessed us in, in quite, a, quite, a, quite a, a, numbers, a number of ways in that. And so these are neat opportunities. The last thing I want to do this morning is, um, in the time I have remaining, is just to remind you of where you are, okay? Greenville. Now, despite the, the um, solar event tomorrow, we live in Greenville. We live in Greenville, and it's a wonderful, ripped from the uh, GADC website. Uh, it goes from cities to mountains. Uh, it goes from small towns like Fountain Inn, where I grew up, to Traveler's Rest, and everything in between. Greenville is a place that is attracting the nations. International companies, there are 150 international companies from over 25 um, different countries in Greenville. 150 names you see there, just to name a few. So the, God is bringing the world to Greenville. The opportunities, they, there is an estimate, and it's almost like it's too hard to believe, but it's been heard, if it's just like, like you know, three-quarters of that, they say 5,000 people are moving to Greenville every month, right? 5,000, Greenville County. But what if it's only 2,500? What if it's only 3,000? That's a church a month, okay, that can be started to reach those people. Understand? That's a mega church a month, I guess we could say. The opportunities are there. And so, just to understand where we live, that God is bringing the world to Greenville. Opportunities abound, and it is our, it is our opportunity to minister the gospel. We, early on, we talked about the corporate opportunities to minister the gospel. And the, the next part of it is that personal side of evangelism, you and I going. Um, I don't speak of Greenville to give a plug to the Chamber of Commerce and all the different things. I speak Speak of Greenville to let you know that God is bringing men and women that are boys and girls that are moving beside you every week. 
And so there are places to go. And the culture is changing and it's taking the shape um, in, in various ways. You know, we tend to think, think of culture as what we see in the news and all the bad things. But we have a culture in Greenville that is um, a place that people want to come. People want to come and raise their kids. They want to bring their, their children to the schools here. And sometimes even the at-risk schools are better than the schools they're coming from. So we have an opportunity there. God's bringing them. So people need the good news of Christ. And the question I have for you is that will you be the one, will you be the one that ministers to them? Will you be the one that loves? Will you be the one that cares? Will you be the one that tells them of the gospel? See, we've talked about a GBF, our code. We have our personal code and our corporate code. Personal code is how we live ourselves, how we live out God's work in our life. And the first part of this is, is us, is our grateful worship, our time with God every morning. It is our fervent prayer as we spend the day in prayer with God, even as we go about our, our duties and our, and our tasks. And it's that obedient walk, that holy walk, that you and I have the reign in our hearts and lives that we have a responsibility for. Okay? It is something that you and I individually have to do. But then we see the other side of the, even the personal code is that compassion involvement that becomes others' focus. The passionate pursuit of disciples. It says, not only will I be compassionate and involve my lives, uh, myself and my life and other believers, but also in the lives of those who need Jesus Christ. And as we have that, it bleeds over into our corporate code. And so in our corporate code, we speak of things like love, that that should be the hallmark of our body, the love, that we put people first, not programs, not buildings, not all these things, but, but people first, that we are, are contributors, that we have a culture of contributing, not consuming. See, the death of a church is when we come and sit and think, oh, bless me, give me everything I need, and soak and soak and soak and soak and soak, and we're spiritually full. We've never done anything outside to to pour out the love of Christ, to contribute. Flexibility is our code, you know? Haven't we learned that? That's kind of fun. Um, it really is kind of fun. I, I love that we, we can go from place to place so we can say, hey, there's a ministry center. Let's, let's try that. Um, we, can, we can go. Another part is to be a disciple or to be a mentor. And sometimes you're both. Sometimes people are discipling us, and we are also mentoring others. But that's part of that, that we're involving ourselves in life. The integrity that we live that's transparent and, and authentic with each other. That we live in integrity and we have the external focus. And that really is the key of all of this. Our focus in life, both individually and corporately, are we going to have an internal culture that we say a focus of only of ourselves, oh, let's take care of us? Or are we going to have an external focus that we look to the needs of others, both inside the body and outside the body? See, it's so important that we understand that. See, what happens when you go external? Uh, it changes things. Internal, internal you, you tend to be, um, I don't know, you, you tend or trend towards spectating. For dinner, come, oh, that was nice. Oh, I'll give that solo a, a B plus or a five on the scale of ten, you know. We start spectating if we become internal. Okay, when we become internal, we, we trend toward consuming. And that's where you see in some churches where 20% of the people do 80, you know, 90, 80% of the work. Um, you, people get weary because the culture is to consume and not to contribute. 
But when it, the culture, the focus goes external, um, the, the members and regular attenders start participating instead of spectating. And the members and regular attenders start to trend toward sharing the gospel instead of soaking up more and more Bible knowledge. Okay? This is not a knock on Bible knowledge, but this is a knock on never sharing the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ. Members and tenders trend toward contributing instead of consuming. This unfortunately leads, looks like uh, an internal focus, looks like a spiritual problem. We've, we've not understood that the greatest commandment is to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. We've not understood that we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. So not looking at ourselves, but looking out to who God has given us. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part, or most parts of the world. So the question is for us all, will I be a witness? Will you be a witness? What can you use in your life as a platform for the gospel? What felt needs do you see? And that takes some intentionality to see and look that you can meet for people. If people know that you love them, not that you just want to add another number to the church. It's not about getting people into the seats. It's about loving them with the love of Christ, that they see his love through us. Where are you connected? Where is it that you have a sphere of influence that you can say, I can love people, even if they never come to church, but I can love them because Jesus has loved them. Where are you connected? So that's my challenge to you this morning. We have the opportunity before us. We have a great area. We're going to, if we are able to negotiate uh, the year lease, really sink our roots into the community here, minister to the one or two miles, three miles around us, show the love of Christ to those. And we'd love you to come along and be a part of that. We would love for you not only to be a part of it corporately, but individually to take responsibility for the people around you, to love them as Christ loved them, And to realize that your mission on earth is not to make money or not to achieve things. You do all that. You work excellently so that people will say, that's a hallmark of Jesus. I see what Jesus has done in their hearts and lives. And truly is the mission of reaching souls and building lives together in love. God has placed us at the intersection of people's lives. Just like we're on a corner coming into Furman, you are in the corner of someone's life that you have the opportunity to love them, to tell them of Christ, to show them. So will you be a part of what God is doing here at GBF? We'd love for you all to come along and see the work of God and see the encouragement he gives to you as you reach out and serve. Let's bow for prayer. Gracious God, I thank you for your love, your mercy. Thank you for who you are for your great work that you've done. Thank you for for saving us. Thank you for your great mercy and salvation. Lord, thank you for those who are here this morning. Would you challenge our hearts, encourage us in the work that, that you are doing all around us. Help us to be a part of that. Help us to help us to take the opportunities every day and to use them in such a way that you're glorified. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and lives. Thank you for how you've blessed and how you've guided. May you be seen through us. It's in Christ's name I pray.